special happened. Steve, he had a little more hair, but it's pretty much the same uh, 
during this time, because this did take time, another three days, perhaps, in total, um, and which required more patience and, and more steadying of hand, events take place during these next three days that never could have been planned by Esther, that never could have been planned by any Thank you. 
struggle with sleep, right? So what are the chances that King Xerxes has a hard time getting to sleep that night? Now, what are the chances that when he chooses to read, like, that's exactly what I do when I, when I really, I probably have a few, like, things that I, you know, I try to read, and I do these different exercises. Eventually, I read. Well, so does King Xerxes, except he has somebody else read for him. And he has them read the book of his life, the, the chronicles of King Xerxes. That's the kind of reading material. So what are the chances that it's this night that he can't sleep? And what are the chances that what gets the scroll that picks, gets picked up to be read to him reveals something, or something that he has forgotten, something relevant to the story? So there are some storytellers tell this far better than I can, and so we're just going to let um, Veggie Tales tell this part of the story.
back to the king for the king's permission to get rid of Mordecai at the very moment that 
serves these needs and life of how to honor our faithful servant. All of a sudden, as the crisis closes in, the very trivial details of the whole story begin to become much more crucial in their significance. Once again, the author who never mentions God once in this story, remember this book, who never mentions God, and yet the author wants us to see that God is all over it. Every least detail. I don't know about you, but this is a relief for me. Because how many nights have I laid awake? And how many mishaps mark the flow of my days? And how many moments of inconsequential stuff happens? And yet, God is on top of it all. We can describe God's sovereignty in saying that God caused King Xerxes to not be able to sleep that night. We can say that, or we can also understand God's sovereignty that God used the fact that King Xerxes couldn't sleep. He used that. we know for sure is that God never wastes anything. No detail of your story goes unnoticed. God takes the little bits and he creates a masterpiece interweaving people's lives and the coincidences that happen in remarkable ways into stunning tapestries of fact. God takes all by chance, fate, or just coincidence. God weaves it together into an incredible picture of his story, his love, of his salvation, of his redemption. I know that we're spending all this time on Queen Esther, but actually God is the anchor here. God is the center point, the, the central action of the story. He the actual central action of all of your stories. I'm glad for this. Particularly, I'm glad because how the story continues, how Esther and Mordecai go forward with their newfound power and the permission from the king, it's actually a bit troubling. It's hard for perhaps 2020 is given all of Haman's property and wealth. And Mordecai is given all of Haman's power and, and position. The king claims that none of his edicts can be reversed. So the edict that he has made with, with Haman can't be turned back. But he says, I give you free reign to create a new law that would in some way stop this disaster for the Jewish people to happen. And so the Jews across the Persian Empire are given permission to gather, to unite, to, in other words, form armies and fight back against anyone who might attack them. Without this permission, of course, if they were to gather or unite to protect themselves, that would have been considered treason. They would have, they would have been in, in desperate trouble. It's disturbing to us that thousands of thousands of Jews wipe 
throughout chapter 9 of the story of peace, and they took no money. In other words, they didn't take the possessions, the, the wealth of those that they conquered, which had been in the law or in the edict that had been sent out, but they took no money. Even though this is gruesome and it's troubling for us, and we, and it, and we don't know quite how to make sense of it in this uh, history, this time of tribalism and a time of a brutality that is very different than what is acceptable today. But the ending of this story was to be a celebration. It was to be a victory because finally, after all these hundreds of generations, the Jews had finally followed God's orders back from when they had been wandering in the desert. Remember, we talked a couple of weeks ago about how they had been ordered to wipe out their opposition, namely the Amalekites, people who had stood in their way and said, you can't cross our land. You can't, you know, and they gave them trouble on every side. God's instruction had specifically had been wipe out those who oppose you and take no money. And then again, when that hadn't been followed through on, the story happens uh, both in Exodus 17 and then it comes back again, Deuteronomy 25. And then again, 1 Samuel 15, this, this repeating theme of the people of God not following through what God called them to do. And here they are. Now there are people who are in exile, who are scattered throughout the Persian Empire. And this is the moment when Israel follows through. I'm squeamish about the ending of this story, but I recognize that God is finishing what he started. He uses things like sleepless nights. He uses the details, the stuff of our story. What are the chances that the Israelites would finally follow through in obeying God while scattered throughout a foreign empire? What are the chances that it would be through a completely different political system that they would rise to power for such a time as this? What are the chances that God is going to finish the story that he started with you? I actually think chances are Series, we keep coming back to this place again and again where we acknowledge that God has got you. God has got me. He has us. He's got us in His hands. And he knows our struggles. He knows our challenges. He knows the tiniest details of your existence. And He knows His plan. Nothing is going to stop God's plan. Nothing can get between you and His love. We heard it. In Romans 8 today, it's the theme throughout Scripture. Nothing can separate you from the love of Christ. No wall is too high. No problem is too great. No mishap is too complicated or too catastrophic for His will to be accomplished. So, we're back to the song. The song that our Bible College class sang in this particular room 25 years ago. The song is God.